to the Deeper Dive Podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church in a Year. Today is day number 251, and we begin with number 2742. Pray constantly, always and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. St. Paul adds, pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We have not been commanded to work, to keep watch, and to fast constantly, but it has been laid down that we are to pray without ceasing. The tireless fervor can only come from love. Against our dullness and laziness, the battle of prayer is that of humble, trusting, and persevering love. This love opens our hearts to three enlightening and life-giving facts of faith without prayer. It is always possible to pray. The time of the Christian is that of the risen Christ, who is with us always, no matter what tempests may arise. Our time is in the hands of God. It is possible to offer fervent prayer even while walking in public, or strolling alone, or seated in your shop, while buying or selling, or even while cooking. Prayer is a vital necessity. Proof from the contrary is no less convincing. If we do not allow the Spirit to lead us, we fall back into the slavery of sin. How can the Holy Spirit be our life if our heart is far from Him? Nothing is equal to prayer. For what is impossible, it makes possible. What is difficult, easy. For it is impossible, utterly impossible, for the man who prays eagerly and invokes God ceaselessly ever to sin. Those who pray are certainly saved. Those who do not pray are certainly damned. Prayer and Christian life are inseparable, for they concern the same love and the same renunciation proceeding from love, the same filial and loving conformity with the Father's plan of love, the same transforming union in the Holy Spirit, who conforms us more and more to Christ Jesus, the same love for all men, the love with which Jesus has loved us. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. He prays without ceasing, who unites prayer to works and good works to prayer. Only in this way can we consider a realizable, as, real, as realizable the principle of praying without ceasing. When his hour came, Jesus prayed to the Father. His prayer, the longest transmitted by the gospel, embraces the whole economy of creation and salvation, as well as his death and resurrection. The prayer of the hour of Jesus always remains his own, just as his Passover, once for all, remains ever present in the liturgy of his church. Christian tradition rightly calls this prayer the priestly prayer of Jesus. It is the prayer of our high priest, inseparable from his office, from his passing over, Passover, to the Father to whom he is wholly consecrated. In this paschal and sacrificial prayer, everything is recapitulated in Christ. God in the world, the Word in the flesh, eternal life and time, the love that hands itself over and the sin that betrays it, the disciples present and those who will believe in him by their word, humiliation and glory. It is the prayer of unity. Jesus fulfilled the work of the Father completely. His prayer, like his sacrifice, extends until the end of time. The prayer of this hour fills the end times and carries them toward their consummation. 
Jesus, the Son to whom the Father has given all things, has given himself wholly back to the Father, yet expresses himself with a sovereign freedom by virtue of the power the Father has given him over all flesh. The Son, who made himself servant, is Lord, the Pantocrator. Our high priest who prays for us is also the one who prays in us and the God who hears our prayer. By entering into the holy name of the Lord Jesus, we can accept from within the prayer he teaches us, our Father. His priestly prayer fulfills from within the great petitions of the Lord's prayer, concern for the Father's name, passionate zeal for his kingdom, glory, the accomplishment of the will of the Father of his plan of salvation, and deliverance from evil. Finally, in this prayer, Jesus reveals and gives to us the knowledge, inseparable one of the Father and of the Son, which is the very mystery of the life of prayer. Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. You know, there's this call of, of prayer without ceasing, which I think confuses a lot of people that, um, you know, because because our first reaction to prayer is, is vocal prayer, whether it is liturgical or or uh, devotional, so liturgical prayer being the Mass or whatnot, and, and then devotional being things, especially like the Rosary, right? Famously, um, with um, in the Catholic imagination, that, that you know people kind of have this thought that prayer without ceasing means kind of never leaving the chapel, or at least, well, no, there's more than that. There's, um, there is a broader understanding of what that means, which is that we're called to pray in such a way in which we persevere um, with God in all things, right? That there is the need to unite prayer and work, um, as uh, Origen tells us at the end of this first section. Um, but but I think it's just as telling to hear what the one of the other one of the great fathers of the church, Saint John Chrysostom, writes to us, which is that it's possible to offer fervent prayer or even while walking in public or strolling alone or seated in your shop while buying or selling or even while cooking. Um, you know, kind of recognizing that. Um, we can always be united closely to the love of God uh, in, in in all the things that we do. I mean, I think we, um, you know, recently it's uh, and recently being in the last couple of decades, there's the the great uh, exhortation reminder from Pope Saint John Paul II to to pray the Rosary no matter where you are, and the and the beauty of having a public witness to prayer. I think Saint John is is actually referring to. Christum here is actually referring to a much different reality, which is that we can do all things in the name of Christ, and we can do it with such a way that we're constantly aware of the closeness of God's presence. It's a, it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, I would, even, I mean, make no mistake, it's a necessary thing. Um, that we're called to uh, remain close to God in the mundane and in the extravagant, uh, in the uh, lowest of of tasks, you know, the, the peeling potatoes <laughs> to of the world to uh, giving the presentation in front of, you know, the power players of the company, right? All of it is done for the greater glory of God. Um, so with that in mind, we then look to the great example of, of John 17, this priestly prayer, um, which, you know, has a... Um, you know, kind of has this uh, quasi mysterious um, nature to it, right? It's it's a beautiful prayer, one worth reflecting on, going back to several times, 
um, sometimes traditionally offered as the prayer in the garden, maybe, maybe not. Um, but more important, it is uh, a recognition of, of how Christ prays and how he re- responds and, and interacts with the Father, what it is to, um, to turn to him. We, as we look to, uh, to this prayer and on this section, we're looking to um, how Christ shows us we should be in front of God the Father. Um, that's important. Right? If we're going to be honest and 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 vulnerable and uh, and genuine in front of God, we have to really be able to see it in light of the the fullness of man, who is Jesus Christ, um, the fullness of of what man is meant to be. Um, by looking at the words of Christ in John seventeen, we're able to to gain more into more insight into our own hearts of what do I desire, what do I need. And how do I change to be like him? How do I change to be like our Lord so that my prayer also can be more like his, more united, more closely uh, given to the Father that um, that in this we can look to uh, or we have a great example of what it means to truly pray without ceasing.